They're prominent, they're successful, and some are more than a little controversial. They're real South Africans on face-to-face with success. Brought to you by real people with real solutions. Nashua, saving you time, saving you money, putting you first. This time around, we're meeting an academic who's helping train the next generation of doctors and putting South Africa on the map in the medical research stakes. His name is Professor Bongani Mayosi. He's the head of med school at UCT and soon to be Dean of Health Sciences. His dad was a doctor in what was then the Transkei, and he tells me he can't remember a time when he thought of being anything else. But the call of academia came unexpectedly, and as the result of his competitive streak. When I went to medical school, I did think that I needed to do better than my father, who had been at the same medical school about 20 years before. Uh, He qualified with a basic medical degree. And what happened was that I discovered that after the third year of medicine, you can, in fact, take a year off the medical training to do research to do a research project. And if you are successful in that research project, you can submit that thesis to the university and get another degree, a Bachelor of Medical Sciences degree. Now, this time involved research, and it was probably the best time of my life because as a solitary student, having taken a year off, I worked with the best professors at the university of Natal at the time. And what happened then at the end of that year is that I wrote some articles out of my work and published, in fact, a paper in the South African Journal of Science. And when I saw that I could make an original scientific observation and publish it, and the world accepts it, that just put a switch on. And that's how my hunger for discovery of new knowledge was actually uh, switched on. He graduated with two degrees at the end of his studies, becoming the first person in the university's history to do so. By then, the thirst for discovery had been awakened, and he set about pursuing an academic career. That meant completing a medical specialization and then doing a PhD on top of it, essentially a commitment to 10 more years of hard graft and study. By the time I completed Um, specializing. I I had a wife, I had two children and a dog. And to have to resign your job, because at the time in 1996, when I had to embark upon this path, there wasn't a system in South Africa for full-time training in research for doctors, where you're fully funded to do research full-time to acquire your PhD. So it did require a little bit of madness to do that, to take that risk, big risk, so that actually between 1996 and 2005, I had to raise my own support. I had to raise my own funding for a period of 10 years to do my PhD and to establish myself as a scholar in the field. And uh, this job that I'm in now, which is head of Department of Medicine, which I took in 2006, was was my first real job uh, after a long time. Uh, of being in the wilderness trying to discover new knowledge. It is the reason when I, uh, when I was then appointed to this job, I, one of the things that I set out to do was to make sure that others who follow don't have to resign their job and, 
and create their own uh, uh, posts. Because the function of the researcher is utterly, is utterly essential in society. The production of new knowledge is one of the fundamental functions of a university, for example. Right? It is for the public good, and therefore it ought to be funded by the state. So from the time that I started here, I have been speaking about uh, the production of 1,000 PhDs who look like me. And we've prosecuted that idea with many, many people, so much so that by now, there is, in fact, a 1,000 PhDs program funded by the Department of Health, the MRC, and others. The professor is passionate about the power of knowledge and knowledge creation. But over the years, he's changed the way he measures progress. My conception of success has undergone a lot of change. Uh, and, and it's very, very different now. Uh, and it has to do now with the issue of impact, with the issue of making a difference. There is no point in publishing all these papers if they cannot be translated to better treatments, better outcomes, better survival, better quality of life, and a longer life for the people of South Africa and for the people of the world. So, so impact has got is key. But it turns out that in order for us to have impact, we need, firstly, to be technically well-trained, to be trained to the best standard in the world. Secondly, we need to then take that technical competence and other competencies that we have in terms of our professions and apply them to our local problems so that we are world leaders on our problems, so that the world comes to learn from us about our problems. If we want to develop as a society, we need to invest in our best and brightest people. Right? And in any case, uh, the future for most societies lies in investment in knowledge, right? Because the gold is going to dry up, you know, the platinum is going to dry up, uh, and we need to switch to a more knowledge-based economy that is thriving on the inventions of our minds. And, and, and that is the space in which Africa will need to play if we need, if we want to be leaders of the, of the future. And, uh, and that is one of my fundamental thrusts in society, is the idea that we need to invest in our intellectual capital so that we can drive progress into the future, so that we can become wealthy and prosperous as Africans and take our rightful place in the world. Amid the degrees, the research and the crafting of an international reputation, Bongani has also managed to raise a family. The whiteboard in the corner of his office is full of indecipherable medical stuff. But in one corner, there's a little note in different handwriting. It's accompanied by a small smiley face and it reads, I love you. It's from his daughter and he lights up when I ask him about his family. My wife, uh, Nontata, mm -hmm. She is a dermatologist here at Krutskir. 
uh, and uh, and really uh, we've had a wonderful collaboration uh, over this past uh, 26 years that we'll be married. And and then we've got two daughters, uh, uh, our bride and joy, and in fact their names are almost like that, uh, Gugu and uh, Rui, right? Uh, they are now young ladies. Uh, Rui, our older daughter, is uh, uh, 23 now, mm-hmm. and she's a fifth-year medical student going on to sixth year next year. And Gugu will be going on to a third-year occupational therapy degree here at the University of Cape Town. Okay. Uh, so, um, so it's really been wonderful. I've got a, a great supporting cast, I can mm-hmm. tell you. And uh, without them, I don't know where I will be. <laughs> you know? So it's really been it's wonderful to, to have a family, mm-hmm. uh, to support one and to, mm-hmm. uh, to live life with a, with a wonderful family like them. At the time of our interview, the professor was preparing to go to Harvard University in the U.S. for a nine-month sabbatical. And shortly after he left, the National Research Foundation awarded him an A rating. That means he joins the ranks of leading international researchers in the view of the NRF. It's just another accolade to add to an already spectacular CV. They're prominent, they're successful, and some are more than a little controversial. They're real South Africans on face-to-face with success. Brought to you by real people with real solutions. Nashua, saving you time, saving you money, putting you first. Find more real success stories at thesolutionslab.co.za.